Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like updating turbines at one of our Indiana wind farms and producing more oil and gas with fewer operational emissions in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. You're ready for a comeback. And with Purdue Global, you can do more than take classes. You can take charge of your story, of your career, of your life. Earn a degree you can be proud of and get an education employers respect. It's time, your time, not just to go back to school, but to come back and move forward with Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. Start your comeback at purdueglobal.edu. Ready to celebrate International Women's Day? M&M's and iHeart present Women Take the Mic, sharing empowering stories of women supporting and celebrating each other. And of course, there is a smooth and creamy companion for your listening pleasure, peanut butter M&M's, because they're just another way to help treat yourself in situations where you deserve a little added delight, like listening to your favorite podcast. So savor the deliciousness of peanut butter M&M's and spread some positivity. From breaking glass ceilings to dominating in sports and entertainment, women truly are unstoppable. Good morning, peeps, and welcome to Woke AF Daily with me, your girl, Danielle Moody, recording live from our Podstream studios in Times Square. Dear friends, you know, sometimes I go on to Twitter and I'm like, just waiting, waiting for the hashtag Trump indicted, waiting for the hashtag that is Trump is going to jail and it actually be a real thing. We are still waiting for that moment, although I feel like it is getting closer, but I'm not going to hold my breath because I don't want to pass out and knock my head. But dear friends, something interesting has developed from the investigation that had been underway by the House Committee on Oversight and Reform. They issued a press release that will shock no one that paid attention to, you know, the four years under Donald Trump and the fact that he was using the White House as essentially a cash cow, the fact that Mar-a-Lago was an extension of that place so that he could meet with folks that wanted to wine and dine him, throw money into Mar-a-Lago and throw money into his pockets. But when the House Oversight and Reform Committee, run by Representative Carolyn Maloney, issued this statement, I was like, oh, is that what we're doing? So let me read you the title. Committee chairs release new documents showing Mar-a-Lago Trio violated transparency law and improperly influenced veterans' policies under President Trump. Now, in small print, lean in to listen to this. Ivanka Trump, Jared Kushner, and other White House advisors were aware of efforts to skirt the law. Funny when I'll tell you exactly how they were skirting the law, because, you know, you'll conjure the memory of what about her emails. Mm -hmm. So here's the statement. Today, Representative Carolyn Maloney, Chairwoman of the House Committee on Oversight and Reform, and Representative Mark Takano, Chairman of the House Committee on Veterans Affairs, 
released new documents showing that Ike Perlmutter, Mark Sherman, and Dr. Bruce Mouskowitz, associates of former President Donald Trump, known as the Mar-a-Lago Trio, violated the Federal Advisory Committee Act and attempted to exert improper influence over government employees and policies involving the Department of Veterans Affairs. Here is what the joint statement says verbatim. Our joint investigation found that Ike Perlmutter, Mark Sherman, and Dr. Bruce Mouskowitz, bolstered by their connection to President Trump's private Mar-a-Lago club, violated the law and sought to exert improper influence over government officials to further their own personal interests. The documents we are releasing today shed light on the secret role of the trio played in developing veterans affairs initiatives and programs, including a hugely profitable plan to monetize veterans medical records. The committee's investigation demonstrates the need for Congress to pass the Federal Advisory Committee Transparency Act, which would ensure that the American people know who is providing advice to federal policymakers and would require agencies to disclose whether individuals on advisory committees have conflicts of interest. Here's the thing, folks, about this, is that I am really fucking tired of policy initiatives and acts being introduced that are nothing more than lip service. What we want is instead of an investigation to get more material, I want a criminal investigation into how this trio, among other people in the Trump administration, were using right their connection to Donald Trump, his connection to power in order to enrich themselves. That is breaking the fucking law. And yet we're calling for more acts so that things like this don't happen. Do you know what stops people from, you know, undermining our democracy in order to enrich themselves by throwing their asses in jail? That's what stops them. Not an act like many others that the Trump administration officials decided to, you know, just ignore. Last week, we were told that there were several folks, and our friend uh, Glenn Kirshner will walk through later in the show, will walk through exactly who is being subpoenaed by the 1-6 Commission, right? And whether or not those people are going to show up, because we know that during the Trump administration, these motherfuckers took subpoenas as if they were suggestions, as opposed to, you know, you needing to show up because you are subpoenaed by a court of law to make yourselves present. Well, it's not a court of law when the subpoenas come from Congress, but it is in fact, Congress does in fact have the power to enforce subpoena by holding people in contempt of Congress and what we will learn from Glenn Kirshner, also throwing their asses in jail. And so here's the thing. I need Democrats to stop pretending that holding people accountable and responsible for their criminal activity during the Trump administration is seen as a partisan act. Republicans are going to call you out regardless. They're going to call everything a hoax, a witch hunt, whatever it is that you want to give its name. They're going to do that because that's what they do. So you cannot continue to make movements, right, with regard to accountability and responsibility in fear about whether or not Republicans are going to point their finger at you and wave. They're going 
to sit down in these quote unquote collaboration meetings. And then they're going to walk away. They're going to get up in front of Fox news and they're going to tell you that you're a bunch of liars and schemers. They are so obvious with their playbook that you would think by now that Democrats in power wouldn't pretend like they're shocked. I'm so tired of the performative bullshit. I don't need your transparency act. I need criminal charges brought against fucking criminals, regardless of whether or not they are quote unquote white collar crimes. These people need to have the book thrown at them and not read to them and admonish them about better behavior as government officials. We know what was moving through Mar-a-Lago. We know what was fucking moving through the Trump Hotel on 1600 Pennsylvania Avenue. We know what the fuck was running through the White House. Give me a break. You know good goddamn well that Republicans would not have needed some deep level of research and investigation to pull the hot Benghazi shit that they did under the Obama years, right? They just kept hammering and hammering and hammering. Until they were through. Well, when the fuck are we going to do that? So I'm hoping that this statement that was released is a signal that we are moving in the direction of accountability. And again, I'm not talking about, oh, let's pass another act that can just be overrode with some type of executive order. I don't care about those things. What I want is for them, for this information that is unearthed to be scooped up by federal prosecutors and investigated, right? That's what we need. So this is where we are at this particular moment right now with the investigations. And we will learn more in our conversation with Glenn Kirshner about the four Trump entities that are now being investigated, now are being subpoenaed for their role in the insurrection. All right, folks, coming up next is my conversation with our friend Glenn Kirshner, bringing us the latest in Trump world. I wish one day that we will talk about something else, but until then, Glenn is here to walk us through the latest. Folks, I'm always so thankful when we have the opportunity to run through the latest legal breakdowns happening with the former Trump administration, with the one six select committee, and just, you know, the crazy that continues to funnel through America. Glenn, breaking news was that finally, months after the putting together of the one six select committee, we have seen now our first major round of subpoenas. Six of Trump's closest aides, uh, including Steve Bannon, including Mark Meadows, uh, have been subpoenaed. I want you to walk us through, one, how we finally got to this place that you and I have been talking about and waiting for, uh, for months, but also what we can expect. Because if I recall, None of these Republican folks like to, you know, follow the rules, show up for subpoenas. And what we have seen thus far from Democrats is that they don't actually enforce and use the power that they have to the fullest extent. So walk us through the announcement of these subpoenas and what we can expect in the coming days and weeks. So, Danielle, um, I am the eternal optimist bordering on being naive or Pollyanna. And 
So I say that because of what I'm about to say, which is that I feel like a kid in the justice candy shop with these four, (laughs) with these four subpoenas being issued. Um, It doesn't mean justice will come soon or ever, but here's why I think these four subpoenas are so, and I think it it may be four, it may be six. I may be wrong about the number, but I, here's why I think they're so important. Mm -hmm. First of all, they were issued for, you know, Bannon and Meadows and Patel and Scavino. These are Donald Trump loyalists, acolytes, sycophants, and perhaps criminal associates, Mm co-conspirators in the insurrection. That's one. That's why they're important. But as you say, Republicans, at least in the age of Trump, view subpoenas as like party invitations that you can politely or not so politely decline. No, thank thank you very much. Right. So so here's why I think these subpoenas are so important, both for who is being subpoenaed and what we're going to now learn about our institutions and our systems of government. Have they learned from their mistakes of the past? Are they going to be willing to stand up and fight for our democracy? Because here's how this is going to play out. Mm -hmm. These people who have been subpoenaed, first of all, they're going to try to claim executive privilege. Trump has already said, oh, I'm going to put a stop to this. I'm going to claim executive privilege. The executive privilege dog won't hunt. Here's why. One, former presidents don't get to invoke it. Only current presidents get to invoke it. And Joe Biden will not invoke it because that would be viewed as covering up the attack on our democracy. One. Two, guys like Steve Bannon couldn't even possibly assert executive privilege because he wasn't a federal government employee at Mm -hmm. the time. So that's two. And then three, even if they try to assert executive privilege, they'd be trying to cover up crimes and the crime fraud exception will negate any claim of executive privilege. So there's three reasons why the executive privilege dog won't hunt. Let's move on to the next phase. They're going to challenge these things in court, right? Even if they start with a bogus claim of executive privilege. Now we're going to learn, will the courts continue to allow themselves to be weaponized so that the people like Don McGahn can claim bogus privileges and then run out the clock for two years. Have the courts learned anything from that experience? Because Danielle, the courts don't have to say, okay, I want briefs in three months, and then we're going to have arguments three months later, and then I'm going to take three months to decide the case. This is why I've been screaming for an interbranch dispute court, which can be stood up like that, just a rules change within the court itself. You want to attack on executive privilege grounds this lawfully issued congressional subpoena? You got two weeks to file your brief. Two weeks later, we're going to have oral argument. Two weeks after that, you'll have my ruling. Six weeks done. The courts can do this if the courts are willing to learn from their mistakes of the past. How about Congress? Will Congress learn from its mistakes of the past when they would issue subpoenas? lawful subpoenas, and then they would refuse to do what they could do to enforce them because they could do three things, mm-hmm. civil civil enforcement, 
that's really not viable because that's the Don McGahn, let's run out the clock approach. Criminal contempt. Here's why that this has now is become the one I like. a real player. <laughs> why? Criminal contempt takes the Department of Justice to cooperate with Congress, right? Criminal contempt, not inherent contempt. I'm going to get to that in a minute when Congress can just go out and arrest people. That's one of my favorite vehicles. We'll get to that one. Criminal contempt is where somebody fails to comply with a subpoena and the Department of uh, uh, the Congress makes a referral to the Department of Justice and, and asks the Department of Justice, please go into court and help us enforce this via criminal contempt, having a judge say, you're in contempt, go cooperate. Mm-hmm. We couldn't do that under the Donald Trump years with Bill Barr, the corrupt attorney general in power, because he wouldn't let the Department of Justice do what it is supposed to do, help Congress use the courts to enforce their subpoenas via criminal contempt. That is a tool that's back in Congress's toolbox, and that can be done fairly quickly, unlike civil enforcement. And then the third one, which I hope to hell Congress uses, is its inherent power to enforce its own subpoenas via congressional contempt. It was last done in the 1930s. It was done successfully. And nobody seems interested in pulling that old tool out, dusting it off and using it again. It's a lawful tool and Congress should consider using it. What they have to do is vote out a contempt citation against somebody who fails to appear. And then they can start fining them $10,000 a day, $25,000 a day until they appear and purge the contempt. That's what it's called when you finally give up the ghost and go in and testify, or they can jail them. They can literally send a sergeant at arms of the house out to arrest the person and put their butts in the witness chair before Congress. Has Congress learned anything by its failures of the past, by its undue timidity of the past? Will it enforce its own subpoenas aggressively this time around? because it's only our democracy at stake. So that's why I'm so excited, because there's an opportunity here to make progress on so many fronts, personal and institutional. Let's do it. Where now do we know where the D.C. district attorney is? Where is the actual, again, we're on a fact-finding mission with the select committee. But where is the actual criminal investigation? Because if I see one more damn headline, Glenn, that tells me who knew what, that is obvious, right? That if Republicans, let's just say, had a quarter of that information on the Obama administration or on Benghazi, which they tried to turn into a thing, we would be in a different place. So where is the criminal investigation that should be moving in tandem to what the select committee is doing? It is moving in tandem, I believe, but we're not supposed to know about it because nobody's supposed to be talking about the criminal end of the insurrection case being investigated by the Department of Justice. And most directly, 60 federal prosecutors at the D.C. U.S. Attorney's Office. These are my friends, colleagues, some of my former homicide prosecutors, some people I tried cases with when I was there. These are the men and women heading up the insurrection investigation. 60 prosecutors are assigned to it. I believe 
the investigation is moving forward, albeit behind the scenes so we don't know about it. But two days ago, Christopher Ray, I'm not a fan, but Christopher Ray, director of the FBI, testified before the Homeland Security Committee. And this kind of flew under the radar, but Scott McFarland of NBC DC4 News tweeted it out yesterday. Ray testified that there are more superseding indictments on the way mm -hmm. in the January 6th investigation. That's big news. Frankly, he probably shouldn't have said it because we typically don't say things like that as law enforcement, but it was an important little soundbite because when he says more superseding indictments are on the way, that doesn't mean more foot soldiers of the insurrection are being arrested. A superseding indictment is a term of art, legal art, so it's the ugliest kind of art, but it's a term of art. A superseding indictment means basically you are going to return a bigger, more inclusive, more serious indictment on more significant charges than what you have already had the grand jury vote out. You're building on it in a significant way. It doesn't just mean we're locking up 10 more foot soldiers. So stay tuned because I do believe that this work is being done quietly uh, by the Department of Justice. I also will go out on a limb and say when Congress issued these subpoenas, mm -hmm. Congress is already in at least communication with the Department of Justice on the timing and the logistics of these kind of things, because I don't think Congress wants to interfere with the ongoing criminal investigation, which frankly, in my book, is more important than the congressional investigation, right? The congressional investigation is designed to figure out, okay, who knew what, who did what, how can we prevent it from happening again in the future? But they can't hold people accountable criminally. Only the Department of Justice can. So I think the DOJ piece is more important for the future of our democracy because really, you know, Mark Meadows runs his mouth and he only seems to open his mouth to change feet because he's always sticking a foot in his mouth. And so he said, wait a minute, you know, these subpoenas are out of bounds because the, the House Select Committee is only supposed to be investigating you know, what happened, what what were the security shortfalls and how can we prevent them from happening again? To which I would respond, okay, Mark, the, the way we figure out what happened and the way we prevent it from happening again is by prosecuting the people who were res responsible for it the first time. So you deter future criminal politicians and criminal presidents from doing it again. That's how you stop it from happening again. So I think DOJ is working on it, albeit behind the scenes, we shouldn't be hearing about it, even though we all celebrate the leaks when they come out. Um, so I still believe, let me go back to where I started being naive, mm -hmm. maybe Pollyanna, I still believe we're gonna get there. You can't investigate the biggest gang case in the history of our nation, come which on. is the gang that attacked yep. the Capitol yep. without, investigating the funders and the organizers and the insiders, including the insider in chief. You can't take it from me. I've, I've investigated big gang cases. You can't ignore or parcel out that piece of it. It's all part of the attack on the Capitol. And I happen to believe DOJ is going to get there because I have confidence in the leadership. No, Merrick Garland hasn't shown himself to be a strong, aggressive leader. The hope we, the, the way we had hoped, mm -hmm. but I trust Lisa Monaco, the number two, and I trust Merrick Garland. 
I trust Lisa Monaco, the number two. I trust Vanita Gupta. I trust Kristen Clark. These are strong, solid, law and order oriented women, and in Merrick Garland's case, men, who are heading up our Department of Justice. I have confidence in them. That's it for today's Woke AF Daily Podcast. To hear more from today's show, including my full interview with Glenn Kirshner, support me on Patreon at patreon.com slash Woke AF. Power to the people and to all the people power. Get woke and stay woke as fuck. Does money stress you out? Let FACET flip your financial chaos into clarity. Finding FACET immediately put us at ease. FACET's innovative approach to financial planning ensures your money works as hard as you do, enabling members to experience the joys of having your finances in order. And that makes us FACET for life now, I guess. <laughs> Visit FACET.com, F-A-C-E-T.com to learn more. This ad is sponsored by FACET. FACET Wealth is an SEC-registered investment advisor. This is not an offer to buy or sell securities, nor is it investment, legal, or tax advice. These testimonials are from current FACET members who are not compensated. All opinions are their own and not a guarantee of a similar outcome. Did you know that most salads travel over 2,000 miles to reach your plate, but not with 80 Acres Farms? Their crisp salad greens and herbs are food less traveled, going from farm to store in days, not weeks. They stay fresher for longer in your fridge. My salad lasts all week long, which means less food waste and easy meal planning. Oh, and did I mention there's no need to wash these greens? Because 80 Acres Farms uses zero pesticides. Visit 80acresfarms.com to learn more and find their salads and salad kits at your local Harris Teeter. Your getaway with Apple Vacations begins the moment you step on board one of our exclusive nonstop vacation flights. Escape the ordinary with packages starting at just $599. No layovers, just pure relaxation from takeoff to touchdown. Immerse yourself in the joy of travel with Apple Vacations. Your journey is as enchanting as the destination. So pack your bags and leave the rest to us. Visit AppleVacations.com or call your local travel advisor to book your vacation.